This, this introducing is the Rich Eisen Show. I try to give you facts. There is more tea spilled at the combine, and people are so eager to do it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Packers sure hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come back. Tom Brady may not be done after him. <laughs> what? <laughs> a couple people are like, just you, just hang on, just you wait. Today's guests, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL executive Joe Banner, plus latest news and more. And now... Now, it's Rich Eisen. Can confirm. Can confirm. It's the Rich Eisen Show, and there I am, sitting here at the set here in Los Angeles, California, on a busy Tuesday, March the 7th, here in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show, live on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices, select Samsung Smart TVs, free on Amazon, Fire TV, free on the app, because the Roku channel's in the app, and the Roku channel's free, meaning you go to the RokuChannel.com uh, on the internet's uh, tubes, and you, you can watch us for free every day. We say hello to our Sirius XM Odyssey audience, the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, cobbled together, thanks to very smart program directors who choose this program. Uh, we say hello to you, to our podcast listeners on the Cumulus Podcast Network. We say hello to everybody under the sun, coast to coast and around the globe. Good to see you over there, Christopher. Rich, not a rumor. I am here. Good to see you, DJ Mikey D. Good morning, Rich Eisen. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson. I'm always here, so. I'd say the candle, yeah. I would say, uh, I'd say the candle's lit. But we kind of lit the candle yesterday, didn't we? <laughs> well, you did. You lit you, the candle. You, you reported a lot of things yeah. yesterday. Yes. A lot of... Uh, Just things you over A lot of chatter. <laughs> Just stuff chatter. you heard. A lot, a lot of chatter. chatter. A, lot of t- a lot of talking. <laughs> a lot of burning. Breaking news. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> this Justin. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I, I decided yesterday, or over the weekend, quite frankly... To not pay for movies? I don't even gave you a heads up. It was up. like Friday. You I called gave you, me on I Friday. I gave you a heads up, I'm, I'm, and I'm like, I'm already hearing some crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I was like, well, just give me one. And you're like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to put together a top five list of the rumors that I heard at the Combine. That was So Friday. loudly, and from more than one people, person in the NFL uh, world, uh, I'll just give you an idea of what it's like strolling around the combine. And uh, then uh, folks hear it, and I'm I'm thrilled that we have that platform here on the Roku channel and everything else I just mentioned. Radio and our YouTube and our social media. I'm 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 proud of what we've built around here. As you should be. And it's obvious that if I if I just feed it with rumor and innuendo, we're going to be on fire. <laughs> I'm just not comfortable with Rich, it. You're finally doing I'm the show I wanted you to do. I'm for not so comfortable long. with it because when people report it, as I'm reporting it, that's not what I'm saying. I the perfect example is the number one rumor that I threw out there, which is when I was at the combine, I heard from multiple people. Keep an eye out for Tom Brady on retiring at some point. And now it's like Rich Eisen says Tom Brady's on retiring. <laughs> and that's not the case either. The way it was described to me, 
and the way that you could just read the tea leaves that might actually be out there, it's not like Brady's walking around saying, I'm unretiring, or I'm thinking about it. I don't think he's thinking about it. I think if you, all you got to do is look at his Instagram feed, he's talking about this Brady project, that Brady project, this Brady cat, that Brady ski trip. You know, I follow him. Doesn't look like he's thinking of coming back. I'm just saying, keep an eye out if circumstances arise that allows him to continue playing and also be the dad and family man that he wants to be. His options can be kept open for it. And one of the things I was told, too, and that I'm hearing from folks chopping this rumor up, it is a rumor that I decided to report into this microphone that I heard at the combine that he's put in his retirement papers. Folks, this means nothing. He can rescind them. He can rip it up. I'm unretiring. You know those papers they sent you? I'd like them back. (laughs) It's not like he's, to use the analogy, Taking his finger off the chess piece and it's now official. Sorry, you can't take that move back. Doesn't work that way. Tom Brady's going to be a free agent in eight days. The Bucks have a $35 million cap charge for him coming up this year. It's possible the Bucks could say, hey, Tom, you sign another contract. We can extend this. We, we, you know, we don't pay everything right now. They might be happy. Just Let's just get it off. the. We owe it. Let's not credit card this thing. Let's just get it off our balance sheet, and they're happy to do it. <laughs> but if it's possible that they need the help to extend it, then they would be able to sign a contract with him and extend it. Problem is, if he does that, He'd be under contract to the Bucks. He's not doing that. Didn't sign a contract with the Patriots either, did he? Nope. This is what's it's he's not thinking this way was describing me of unretiring right now, or he's thinking that he's playing this year, or he's preparing to play this year. If circumstances arise where he wants to play, he feels like up for playing, he's not ready to unretire. And he's willing to get whatever slings and arrows that come his way from people who want to criticize him. I don't think he cares about that. Why would he? And he and it, and it works into his personal life in a manner that everyone's comfortable with. Then his option is being kept open right now. This is what I was told. I hope I've cleared that up in a way. But it just you know. I'm seeing it right now. Report. Keep an eye on Brady coming out of her time. I guess. I guess I, I, I'm. I'm. I should take a, what a compliment that I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I am a journalist. I've got a. I've got a, I've got a journalism degree. What you say has weight. Thank you, Chris. You know what I mean. I appreciate that, but I'm not reporting Brady's. I'm just saying this is what's talked about at the combine. Everybody talk. This was. And to hear his name mentioned like that, and I, I, I believe many people have been reporting this too. But thanks for watching the Rich Eisen Show on the Roku channel. Spell their name right. Bottom line, right? Rich there. Eisen Productions <laughs> producing.
Right. Everywhere. First take this morning. Another rumor I heard at the combine. Is this a new one? Like, nope. Number two on the list. Oh, yeah. Number two. Yeah. Number two on the list. The Packers sure hope Aaron Rodgers, when he comes out of his thoughtful procedure about what to do, will say, I, 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 I don't want to come back. Then you hear uh, my buddy, Hal Wingo III, Trey Wingo. Yeah. He said that the Rodgers and the Jets had conversations today, this was last night, while nothing's imminent, Rodgers opened to the idea of going to New York. Many reports following today, actual reports, that Rodgers and the Jets are talking. That it's happening today. Aha! As Ian retweeted, Rodgers has received permission to speak with the Jets. Source confirms some due diligence. <laughs> he got permission. The Packers said, go talk to him. Go talk to him. Why would they say that? <laughs> it's not, he's not a free agent. It's not. Which leads me to believe he's about to become a New York Jet. The only thing that my mind that would hold this thing up, because if he's talking somewhere else and the Packers are like, go ahead and talk, then I believe that relationship is over. Can it be put back in the bottle? Of course. Crazy things have happened. I talked to the Jets. I'm not interested. I want to come back to you. Oh, okay. Welcome back. But in the back of everyone's mind will just be the fact that, yeah, I wanted to talk to somebody else and you let me. That might be actually appreciated by Rodgers. Again, what I heard at the combine is that's appreciated by the Packers. You go talk to somebody else. Go for it. Now, it leads me to believe he's going to be a Jet. And the only thing that would hold it up is that the Packers say, you know, we're only picking up 10 of his 60 million. We're only picking up five of his 60 million. I don't know what that number is going to be, that the Jets are comfortable paying it. And then whatever amount that the Packers pick up, the larger that amount gets, the higher the draft choice, one would think, would be coming from the Jets. We're picking up a lot of his salary in order for you to get Aaron Rodgers at a rate less than, say, what Geno Smith is now going to be paying, playing for in Seattle. That's going to cost you. Draft choice. It's now a horse trade, it seems, between the two general managers, I would think. I'm sure Rodgers in these conversations would be philosophical in nature, but the offensive coordinator that he had and has spoken so highly of that everyone thought when he was hired by Denver to be the head coach there, that was the clear indication that Rodgers would wind up in Denver Nathaniel Hackett's now in New York. So how many, what philosophical conversations need to be had? That's so deep that it would go a next day. I don't know. Rogers is a deep thinker. Seems to me he's going to be a jet. And that just blows my mind. <laughs> that blows my mind on two fronts. One <laughs> that Rodgers is willing to go to New York. And I hope, uh, man, do I, obviously, he's a Jet. I hope this works out. I would just, I, I'm, I'm closing my eyes. I'm like, do I see Rodgers in the Canyon of Heroes 
as the second number 12 winning a Super Bowl. Thanks, everybody. Love you. I now don't have to buy a meal here the rest of my life. Thank you. I took the Jets to the promised land, all you Jet fans. In my remaining years of, uh, of uh, goatness, I actually went to New York and I did something that Favre did, which blows my mind, and did something that Favre couldn't do here. By the way, radio audience, I'm waving to all the folks uh, going up the Canyon of Heroes. What's up? How you doing? You, you, yeah, you, you. Do I see that? It's tough to envision. You know why? Because I'm a pessimist. I'm a Jet fan. I wear the scars. Are we really going to get the Rodgers of the MVP years, last two? Are we going to get that guy? Really? Garrett Wilson's going to work out with him. Suddenly Elijah Moore's going to work out. And Maybe. Yeah, Brees Hall won't have his knee blown out this time. Like all the things... It's really going to work out. I'll tell you, though, is that if you're, if you're hoping that Zach Wilson's going to be the guy there still and you want to give him a shot to develop, he's such a young kid, you want to give him a shot to develop? Aaron Rodgers, bridge quarterback? There you go. Hadn't heard that concept ever. But sign me up if he can win. And if he wins, then all the questions about anything he says outside of the lanes of football will subside in the same way none of them were brought up to him inside that locker room in Green Bay. But it surprises me. He's like, yeah, sign me up. I'll leave Green Bay. I'll play for the New York Jets. Where he's willing to do that. And then, of course, the other side, I just have to, I I spill this stuff out. It's just... I know Jet fans feel the same damn way. How the hell are we back here again? Look it up for me, Chris. I think I know the answer. How many playoff seasons have the Jets had since they tried Favre on for size? When Favre came there for Mangini, and if I'm not mistaken, did Mangini like get a tattoo or name his kid? Middle name, Favre, Brett, or Favre, or something like that, since the Jets went all in. So Favre was 2008. Yep. He had one year, Brett Favre went 9-7. and seven. Correct. Uh, then the next year, they then made Then the it. next year, Rex came in, mm-hmm. and you made a back-to-back AFC right. championship game. And then what happened after that? Uh, after that... Um, we haven't made it since. There's been no playoff birth. Correct. Yeah. So you had Favre, and then you went and got a kid in the draft and actually had a pop now we went for the kid in the draft doesn't work so now we're back in the position of trying on the Packers goat for size how the hell did we get back here again and I guess once we try the Packers goat on for size then we'll go back to the kid we drafted is that the way it's gonna work and the draft choices that you cough up for him, you're willing to you're, you're you're willing to give up. I guess so. How the hell did this happen? We were supposed to be strolling up Zach's Fifth Avenue, not hoping that Rogers would be strolling down the Canyon of Heroes. I don't know why this always keeps happening to the Jets. I don't know why. I know Sala said he keeps receipts of people who doesn't believe in them, and I know he had fun rescinding that comment here on this, even on this program here. And how Garrett Wilson and 
Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker are changing the culture in that locker room. But I cannot believe the Jets are back here again throwing a Hail Mary in the direction of Green Bay. And in many, remarkably, and we've heard this before, a Hail Mary involving Aaron Rodgers appears to be connecting. He completes those. He does. And had you listened to me a month ago, you would have been settled in on this decision and you'd be feeling better about it right now. But you didn't want to listen. You'd be feeling great today. If I listened to you? A month ago, yeah. Okay. I told you it was going to happen. I just don't trust anything from you since you were trolling me about Mike White (laughs) two calendar years ago. Was that a troll? Chris, was that a troll or was that speaking facts? Anything He was the best quarterback on the team at that point. Look. Right? Look. 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 (laughs) All I know is I appreciate it from you. At least we did hear about the two conference championship seasons the Jets have had in the last 25 years. Yeah. So that's why I don't believe it from the man to my right. He's taking a shot at you. I DJ. just did. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, I, I know. But yeah. the fact of the matter is I did say this was going to happen, <sighs> and he didn't want to listen. But that rumor <laughs> seems to be a fact, doesn't it? It's hot. Well, they gave him permission to talk to the Jets. It's happening. If they wanted him back like the two previous years, they'd say, no, you're back. You're under contract. We're paying you all that money. So I hear that, and I think to myself, it's now on the general managers, and Rogers is going to be a Jet. Wow. Does that make 2023 lit or what? It's coming. I believe it is coming. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Daniel Jeremiah will be joining us coming up next. We'll talk to him about the Combine and all the other aspects of the new league year that's coming up one week from tomorrow. And then later on today, franchise tags hit. Joe Banner, longtime executive in this league. I told him, hey, Joe. You're going to be in L.A. Let me know. Let me know. He's showing up here. Perfect guy to talk to. What are these two general managers, Gutekunst and Joe Douglas, talking about? What are the Ravens thinking of doing right now about Lamar Jackson? The Giants are supposedly deep in last-minute negotiations or 12th-hour negotiations with Daniel Jones prior to needing to make a franchise tag designation on him. And if they make one on him, that means Saquon doesn't get one because you can only give out one of them. Joe Douglas in studio, Peter King, Hour 3. There's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. 844-204-RICH, let's have a chat. Do not go anywhere. Daniel Jeremiah, when we come back, right here on the Roku channel, this radio station, and more. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, Just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. We were just breaking everything down that has nothing to do with the Combine, that we were breaking down at the Combine here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. And Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from the NFL Network and NFL Media Group and the Move the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks is here on the program. All right, DJ, now that we are uh, two days removed from the combine, w- what's your impression? What did you come away with from Indy? I, th- I think it's, the, you know, the quarterbacks. I think some years, and, you know, we all know what those years are like when you're trying to drum up interest in quarterbacks. And, you know, gosh, you know, I think that maybe there's only one first rounder, but let's, how high does he go? And then you get a year like this one where you've got four guys, and really I would add a fifth with Hennon Hooker, who I think is a good player and I think is going to be intriguing to see where he lands. But really that big four, um, you know, from schools that people are familiar with and people have watched them, and then you go to the combine and three of them throw, and I would say, you know, the athletic display by Anthony Richardson as well as the fact that he threw the ball, you know, extremely well. And then I thought Stroud, even though he didn't run, had one of the best pure throwing sessions that we've seen. Um and we've got teams with needs at the position. So it's like this This is the next phase of it. We saw them all deliver, and now we're going to see these teams uh, see who wants to get antsy and, and, and jumpy and go make it happen. Well, I had Anthony Richardson on yesterday, and I started walking down the teams asking if he if he met with them. Um, and when I got to Indianapolis, you know, obviously met with the Chicago, and he said he met with Houston. When I said to Indianapolis, he paused and he said informally, can you um, yeah. can you interpret that for me? What does an informal meeting at the combine mean, Daniel? So you're restricted. You're restricted by number uh, to the guys you can bring into your formal, you know, 15 minute interviews. I think they might even expand expanded that to maybe a 17 or 18 minute interview. But you, th- those are on the list, and those guys, when you see the the players walking around the combine on the back of their credential, has the list of the teams that they have to formally meet with. Right. Meaning they have this is the time and place they are going to meet with them. Outside of that, they will take the whole pool of players, and they'll have their own time in like. You know, you're kind of like an open area of the combine, and then teams can informally come up to them and talk to them. But it's, you know, you don't know. It's come, it's get it get it as you can there for all those teams. So it was a very informal conversation, um, but I would imagine the, the bulk of the Colts' homework is going to be on uh, bringing those guys in for visits into the facility as well as visiting with them for private workouts and pro days. So I guess they figure we'll meet with them eventually. We don't have to use up one of our spaces at the combine because that – 
That's kind of yeah, interesting. I, I think that's 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 probably the way it is. I always think that anytime you get a chance to to visit with these guys, you want to take take it. You know, yeah. talk to them enough, get comfortable with them. But yeah, they chose to allocate those resources elsewhere. Maybe also, you know, maybe just spitballing here. But maybe when your owner comes out publicly and says how much he likes a particular quarterback, you might felt that that's damaged a little bit of your. Uh, of your leverage, and so maybe just kind of playing it cool, you know, playing a little hard to get here. To reset, yeah, yeah, a little reset yeah. by letting everyone know, yeah, we didn't meet with any of them at the combine, you know, we didn't do that. Yeah, we you know, what, maybe if one falls, you know, maybe we would take one, but we're not desperate. <laughs> That's not us. <laughs> Oh, my word. Daniel Jeremiah here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, who helped themselves the most, do you think, with the workouts? Well, yeah, there was there was some good ones, man. I mean, Kalijah Kansi to me, I don't know that I've seen one like that in terms of you, you get a defensive tackle who is really really explosive at Pitt, and and you know the obvious comparisons are going to be there with Aaron Donald being undersized and and being the best player in the entire league. So that's lofty expectations to try and hold up to. But he's listed at six foot two eighty. I can't tell you the number of times, Rich, I've gone to the combine and guys are listed on the website at six foot two eighty, or when I was scouting a thing actually called a program. Uh, media guide uh, for those that are young aren't familiar with those uh, <laughs> fine pieces of paper but I've never I don't recall many times where a guy comes in and he's a full inch taller than he was listed so <laughs> I was worried he was going to be 5'11 270 pounds and be like gosh what do we do with this guy he comes in he's 6'1 even 281 pounds he runs a 467 so uh, he helped himself tremendously and that's just one uh, one defensive player you got an offensive player that may have helped himself tremendously yeah there was a there's there's a ton I, to me the you know we've talked about the quarterbacks and uh you know obviously that group I, I think when you look at the tight end position i referenced during the broadcast i think it's the best we've had in a decade and when you see you go out there and you see darnell washington at 264 oh my pounds run 464 and then add in the highlight of all highlights with the one-handed catch on the field just showing you what an athletic freak he is and i i would say also Nobody, nobody has moved Fred the sled That's right. uh, quite as efficiently as Darnell Washington. For real, he role. he did a better job of moving that sled than offensive linemen did, than the he actual offensive linemen. He was impressive, and, and I, I would say Sam Laporta too. You know, Iowa's been a tight end factory. He came out there. He run. Uh, he ran under four six and had an excellent uh, field workout. So I, I thought a couple of those tight ends uh, were impressive, and the running backs. You know, it, that's the those are the two deep groups on offense, and I thought both of them really worked out well. Bijan Robinson was awesome. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama ran under four four. Zach Charbonnet from UCLA looked good. Tajay Spears, who we highlighted, and then uh, Rich, you got a chance to give out the first ever Mr. Hustle Award uh, to Evan Hull from Northwestern in the combine. <laughs> Did you guys see that part of the running back workout? Evan Hall, every rep took it to the house. Oh, I did notice that. He ran into the end zone. I didn't every, notice he was doing that. Every rep running it into the end zone, and we had, you know, the, the next-gen um, discs, the Zebra player technology. data. Yeah, the player tracking data, the, the Zebra technology discs that are on them, so they track all their steps. Evan Hall of Northwestern had the most steps of any of the running back group <laughs> by far because he took each one to the house, which was wild. I'd never seen that before. 
in the history of the combine. Um, so uh, I remember going to basketball camps, Rich. Do you remember, like, you go to sport camps when you were a kid, and they give you, oh, the most most outstanding camper. But then they had the Mister Hustle Award. You know, like that's. I think we need this. I think we could call that the the Evan Hull Award going forward for, for, from every combine like on down to history. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. L- let's hit the discussion that we had on Saturday. And the quarterbacks were out there, and Bryce Young wasn't working out, but he did get weighed and measured that day, 5'10 and an eighth. And I asked you uh, on the air uh, your thoughts on on the height and and tell me how many times watching this kid's tape film, however, that you thought to yourself, he looks small. So I'll give you the floor on that. Yeah, no, I didn't didn't think there really were. You know, when you think about the height aspect of it, um, I thought you could literally count on one hand the number of times where I'm seeing and I'm, I'm like, okay, I don't know if he maybe could see this, you know, this route pop, uh, you know, but I'm talking two or three times and I've watched every throw that he's made um, at Alabama. So it rarely came up. It was not an issue at all. He's got unbelievable feel to be able to slide around and move around and find, find windows. I remember Andy Reid, when I was with the Eagles, we had an undersized quarterback came in our interview room and he, it was talking about his height. And Andy Reid said, look, we don't throw over buildings. We throw between buildings. Um, and I thought Bryce Young is somebody who's very comfortable doing that. So I didn't see the, the, the height thing as an issue at all. And, you know, he's slight framed and that's going to be more of a concern is, you know, forget the weight, forget the height. It's just, he's narrow and he's not real thick. So, is he going to be able to physically hold up? But he does a very good job of avoiding taking big hits. He's got a, he's got a, he knows how to fall. He knows how to get away from guys. He knows how to slide. He knows how to get a bounce. Um, so I, I thought he's done a nice job of, of, of utilizing those areas to try and protect himself. But the risk still exists, Rich. Um, that, that is a real thing. You've got to, uh, you've got to account for that. That's the, that's the gamble you take with Bryce is can he physically just stay healthy? But in terms of how he plays the game, there's no questions. Well, then what and, – and, and tell the story that you heard about his FBI, if you will, football intelligence. Oh. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me yeah, that well, one that you told, Daniel. Off the charts, you know, I talked to, I talked to a, you know, a play caller in the league who's a guy that I respect tremendously mm-hmm. and said he's the smartest quarterback he's ever visited with. Um, and said when you, when you have guys like that, he could – no matter what play we pulled up, you know, he would tell you exactly what the situation was and what he was seeing with his guys. But that's, you know, that's something you you come to see from top level guys who are sharp. He said this guy could tell you everything that was going on, on the other side in terms of the front, in terms of the coverage. He knows where his guys are. He knows where your guys are supposed to be, that, um, and he knew it on every single play that they showed. And then what about when you said in, in at Alabama, right? You get the game plan, something along those lines. Oh gosh, that? yes, What's yes. That one? So talking to the folks at Bama. They said they give you your game plan packet on a Sunday. They've got you know a million analysts there. They have so much, so much going on there. They have so many people employed. So they they give you your game plan on Sunday. So say you play a game on Saturday night, um, you come in Sunday, you get some treatment. They'll give you your game plan for the team you're getting ready to play the next week. And usually on Monday you'll start working on that and going through that. And by the time you get to Thursday, you feel pretty comfortable about what you like and what you don't like and and how you're going to approach this upcoming game. They said he would come in Monday having swallowed that entire uh, game plan. He would have circled things he liked against this team. He would have added notes of things he thought they should do from a protection standpoint and a route combination standpoint. 
and the coaches would sit there and say, you know what, he's he's probably right. We should take this out. Let's put this in. Like, and they said that's that's. And they've had quarterbacks there. Obviously, we know sure. who they all are. Yeah. Um, and no, nothing like this. That's got to count for something. I mean, that, and that's a way you can also keep yourself healthy. Again, the SEC is not uh, not filled uh, with. Uh, you know, second-tier players. I mean, that's as close you can get to professional football in many people's eyes. And the fact that he's emerged uh, virtually unscathed um, is is a plus. And then there's Stroud, who looked amazing. I'm telling you, man. I mean, he, he would just flip it, and the spiral would just drop in a bucket no matter what route he was throwing. What's, uh, what's the uh, talk about him maybe in first overall coming out of the combine? Yeah, I what think – I think it's in play. I, I think he's very much in play to be the top quarterback picked. I think he's the best pure passer. Just, you know, when you watch him, uh, you know, you make the comment, you make the uh, the uh, observation when you're watching him. Like, this guy's like he's been throwing a football his whole life. It comes out so smooth. When he throws that deep ball, he's got kind of a nice little natural whip to it, and mm-hmm. the ball has got unbelievable spin. Um, and everything was on target. It's hard to be on target consistently when you're throwing to a bunch of guys you've never thrown to before. Uh, but everything he threw was on the proper shoulder. Um, he had the proper trajectory. You know, some of the guys throw a deep ball was a little bit flat. Um, you know, as, as impressive as Richardson was, there were some deep balls or balls a little bit flat. You know, with C.J. Stroud, every ball just had the perfect trajectory and, and, and dropped it in the bucket, as you said, Rich, and looked like he had such a calm and cool about him. I, the word that I... I you know, came away with saying, if you had to describe what we saw with him, I don't know that I use this word often with quarterbacks, but it was graceful. Yeah, it sure was. There's no question about it. I mean, he's, his every move was was very smooth, and so did so were his throws. Uh, we spoke to Richardson yesterday, and he met with a ton of teams, man. I mean, the mm-hmm. uh, teams that you'd expect, including Tennessee, Tampa, um, Washington, interestingly, New England, we all know that Belichick likes to just kick tires, right? Just so he knows when he faces them, <laughs> unless who he knows? He forgot to defend them, yeah. Right? I mean, um, Jet, and the, the Jets are one of them. What, what, but, but what about the idea of Richardson testing so well? His pro day, no doubt, will be like a Christmas tree lighting up. Uh, could he be number one overall, too, Daniel? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think so. I, I think there's a chance that... You know, I would say Levis, and not, I don't see him having a chance to emerge as the top quarterback, but I think it is a three-person race, and I would not be stunned or surprised at any of the three. You know, I, I think when people are watching that and you're seeing how Anthony Richardson is moving around, he has a strong arm. I thought he was smoother with his footwork um, than maybe even I anticipate. I've seen strides he's continuing to make there. But when you think about it, we saw this guy run a 4-4. To put it in context, Rich, He's the same size as he's almost identical to the same size as Big Ben. Like, think about that. Think about Big Ben and how big he looks on a football field, and then think about Big Ben running in the mid four fours. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know it is stupid. But I mean, and it, can he start now? I mean, I asked him, and I knew what his answer would be, but he was very yeah. full of conviction. He day one, week one, he's ready to go. Well, your evaluation would be what? I mean, would that be a problem? Is there? Is there? Uh, so let me just ask, is, is there, does he need to get lucky and wind up with a team that's willing to redshirt him? Didn't you mention that on the air uh, at yeah, one point about him? I like, so. the, I, I like the idea of redshirting him just to get him even more comfortable and to, to work through you know some things throwing-wise. 
which I've already seen in, improvement from what we saw in the fall to what we saw at the combine. Right. Um, I'd like to buy a little time. It's hard nowadays to buy a whole year, but even if you could buy him six weeks, you know, just to get comfortable and then put him out there. But I mean, make no mistake about it. When he's, when he gets onto the field initially, he's going to major with his legs and minor with his arm. Like you, you're going to, you're going to really use his legs. And that's something that, you know, we've seen fields, even though they didn't win a lot of games, he made them competitive really, you know, with his legs. So I think Richardson goes out there and he can do all that plus with his legs. And then, you know, hey, let's just keep on that track that he's on right now of improving. You know, the one thing, you know, you, you want to be a little bit realistic here, Rich, because yeah. I know that the Cam Newton comparison is thrown out there and Cam Newton didn't play a ton of ball in college and all that. That Auburn team that Cam Newton was on didn't, ironically, did not have a much talent on offense. And they went undefeated, won a national championship, and he won the Heisman Trophy. So I feel like maybe let's not be so quick to put him in Cam's class in terms of what he's you know accomplished and who he is right now. All right, and then last couple for you, Daniel Jeremiah. Crystal Ball, the Bears' first overall pick journey for me from now all the way to the draft. What do you think? What are you going to do? Well, I, I, def- I definitely think they'd get out. I don't think there's any chance they'd stick and pick. I think they'd get out. I think – in my opinion, the most likely options are going to be four and nine, which would be the Colts and the Panthers. I think the Texans, it's, you know, if you get in their shoes, right? If you're the Texans, I think there's four quarterbacks that are interesting. I think you can talk yourself into two of them and you can sit there and say, you know, I don't really want to, I don't really want to part with a bunch of picks to go up one spot. We really are comfortable with two guys. And there's also the little bit of the egg on your face of having to give up picks because you won that game at the end of the year. <laughs> just kind of, that kind of, kind of, kind of pushes that, that storyline aside a little bit. If you just stay there and say, Oh, we were happy with either one of these guys. Right. Um, but I think when you're the Colts, there's a very real chance you could get your fourth guy. You know, there could be quarterbacks go one, two, three. I don't think they can afford to take that chance. And then the Carolina Panthers, uh, Tepper just seems like he's ready. You know, he's ready to be bold and be aggressive, and seems like that's in his DNA. Um, and they would like to go up there and, and get something done. So those those are the two teams I think that are most likely to do it. Uh, you know, it, there's the multiple trade down scenario. I think is the perfect world if you're if you're the Bears. I just, that's going to be tricky to pull all that off. Well, I mean, sitting there at nine, you can get yourself a heck of a player anyway. And what was that? What was it? Do you remember? Do you said it on the air? What you get? If you're the Bears, because there's a chart that for for yeah, from I had, Carolina it, all, I had it all printed out. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was it was. It was I want to say you're getting you had to give up your fourth round pick and the first overall pick. Right, and coming back your way, you get their first round pick this year, their second round pick uh, this year, as well as two future ones. Um, so it was a, it's it's, it's, in total. If you count that one, three ones and uh, and a two. Sold. Good. Sold. If you're Ryan Poles, like, yeah, I do that all day. Which, which, Rich, again, this is again one of the storylines as we go forward. Don't don't sit there and say, well, we don't want to trade out a range of one of the top defensive players. You, no, no, no. You, you are not one top defensive player away. Get as many picks as you can. Whoever you get at nine is going to be a really good player yeah. who's going to help you. In addition to all this other capital, you're going to get. And, and stuff in future years, which we don't know what that could look like. That could be a gold mine. Uh, and then if you're if you're sitting there at at Philadelphia at ten, um, if you're the Bears moving down to nine, right? Uh, if you're Tennessee thinking of shopping Derrick Henry, is that where Bijan Robinson winds up in this draft? What do you think? Does he get pushed up uh, top ten? Would- what do you think? Yeah, I, I think he's, I mean, he's, we saw it in a workout. I think he's one of the premier, premier players in the draft. It's just a matter of who's going to do it, who's comfortable. 
you know, taking one up there. I know the Bears have a, a good, you know, group of backs, but right. that, you know, he's he's a different type of player now. Wouldn't be fun to watch him and Justin Fields kind of grow up together. But I think the team that he fits the best would be the Eagles. Um, hasn't really been in their DNA to do it, but that would be the to me that's the most ideological fit. But I don't think he gets by. If you talk about how far could be John Robinson slide, yes, I think fourteen is the absolute floor. I, I don't think Bill Belichick would pass on him. You love that, Chris. Look at Bal- look at you sitting straight up in your chair. That's no minivan there. That's the that's him the- and Ramondre together. Let's go. Uh, that's wow. what I'm saying. Right. I mean, that would be fun, and you'd have some he he what he could do in the passing game as well. You could have stuff where you get him and Ramondre Stevenson on the field at the same time. You give Mac Jones some easy easy yards He's not going that way. Fourteen. I mean, who are we? Playing? I don't know. You never know. I mean, you're talking about all the quarterbacks. You, you're talking about I know, but if Carolina goes to one rushers. and Chicago's at nine, why wouldn't the Bears take him at nine? I don't know. You, because, again, there's so many great Their players that we saw. stinks. That's probably why. you got offensive yeah. linemen that's got to go. you got some uh, some pass rushers that's got to go in the quarterbacks. It's, you know, you never know. It's feasible. And then before I let you go, Daniel, the news that uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is in New York talking to the Jets. Your thoughts on that right now? Just It seemed like they were – um, you know, they were kind of pot committed to making a move on a veteran. And it seems like, you know, with Carr to the wayside, that that's the only one that, that's really left. We can talk about Garoppolo or maybe Tannehill, but it seems like they're going to exhaust every potential here of trying to get the Aaron Rodgers thing done. So I, I just got to believe it's got to happen soon because you can't get left holding the bag if you're the Jets. You can't sit here and wait for Aaron Rodgers and watch, watch you know, Garoppolo land and, whatever happens with Tannehill, and all of a sudden you've got nothing. Like, you've got to know here pretty soon. Right. I mean, the new league year starts in, in eight days, the the negotiation window in six, and then there's franchise tags later on today. I mean, things will begin to settle, but um, what does that mean for Zach, right? I mean, they, they, they're... I, if I'm Zach, I'm praying that it's Aaron Rodgers. That's well, his dream. That's his dream uh, why? guy. Because... Well, you, you get Aaron Rodgers, and there's no shame in sitting behind a you know multi MVP right. first ballot Hall of Famer, and you don't know Aaron Rodgers could play one year and be done, and you could be right back. You could be right back in the mix if they signed Derek Carr. Zach Wilson's days were over there. Um, now I think Aaron Rodgers, not only you know maybe you can learn from him, and I think Aaron and him have a decent relationship. Right. But I, there's again, I think that I think Zach Wilson's future is there's still a flicker of hope with Aaron Rodgers there. I think what they bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo, one of these other guys, I don't think I think he's played his last ball there. DJ, you're the man. You are so great to work with. You are. You're just awesome to work with. You're awesome to be around. Your information is only surpassed by your decency and personality, and it's awesome, brother. You're the best, really, truly. Well, I get to, I get a chance to work with the best in the business, Rich. Uh, nobody does it like you. And like we said, we were walking, and Brockman will we'll believe this because he knows us folks so well. We kind of just had a chuckle as we finished up and said, can you imagine if you didn't like the person you were doing? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, I guess Chris can imagine working with somebody who's in like every day, right, Chris? <laughs> Don't talk about Mike like that. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Daniel. Uh, I'm going I'm to iron out the personality issues in my locker room. There you go. There's uh, Daniel Jeremiah. I meant every word that I said. He's so good. His information's incredible, and it's just so a delight to be around. Lots to chew on right there. Let's take a break. Come Love back, it. and we'll chop that up. Love it. And Chris, as Joe Banner's about to walk in here, I think you got your wish on the quarterback front in free agency. Coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly 
Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial, Sirius XM and Odyssey feeds on our Roku channel feed. Chris, you have got a major problem with the way the free agency world works with starting quarterbacks. I do. Giants, By the way, Robert Griffin III is with me. Giants and the uh, uh, representatives for Daniel Jones apparently locked in their own darkness cave trying to find the light yeah, to well, figure out a way to give a long-term contract to Daniel Jones so they can franchise tag Saquon Barkley and continue on their journey. Um, but apparently, uh, Daniel Jones wants a contract that starts with the number four annually. And you're, uh, you would tell him to go uh, pound sand uh, using a much more strenuous way of expressing it, correct? Yeah, well, he has 21 career wins. Got it. So, <laughs> and we're lamenting that there's no such thing as a middle ground contract for quarterbacks anymore. That you've got a rookie deal or you got a gajillion dollar deal. That's about it for starting quarterbacks. Well, then uh, meet John Schneider, general manager of the Seattle Seahawks, and Geno Smith. According to Mike Garofalo, the contract that Geno Smith signed at three years, $105 million, is when you go down to the base salary world, $25 million a year. Three years... 75, Bam. not three years, 105. Well, I mean, it can be. 40 million guaranteed at signing. He'll earn 28 million in the first year of the deal, 30 million in incentives. And then it's possible, you know, I don't know how the rest of the deal is, is gone, but after one year, if Gino's not the guy. Easy out. Certainly, if Gino's not the guy after one year because you draft one, Garofolo threaded that tweet with another one saying that the Seahawks are, as Pete Carroll said, quote-unquote, totally connected to the QBs in this year's draft, especially since they're in the rare spot of drafting number five overall. Smith's contract rewards him for his comeback season, but doesn't close the door in Seattle taking a quarterback high at all. And if you recall, out of all the teams that I ticked off for Anthony Richardson yesterday, did you meet with them? Did you meet with them? Only one did he say that he was awestruck and starstruck by the coach that interviewed him. That would be Pete Carroll. The Seahawks. He was like, whoa, that's the guy from TV. <laughs> Said Anthony Richardson. 
And good for Geno Smith. Look, he made seventeen Correct. million in his ten year career. He was been a backup for a long time. Bingo. He comes, he balls out, boom. Now he's got a nice, acceptable, you know, deal that's you know valid, you know, represents his value to the team. I and I think it's terrific for him. Certainly since he said that he was written off, but he hasn't written back. If he does choose to write back, outstanding stationery. He can use some great new stationery. <laughs> For $28 million for next year, you can bingo. get some good stuff. And then who knows? He continues on well. He can finish out the contract. Make $100 million. But the million. Seahawks are there. So, but in this world where you're like, they're, you're lamenting it's either make more money than Mahomes, even though you don't deserve it, or you have a rookie contract. That was These, right. are, these are the extremes. Yes. You know? Created by an NFL world where Kirk Cousins gets paid like Garrett Cole. And... And a collective bargaining agreement where you can have kids make a ton of money with a fifth-year option and then start franchise-tagging them after that. There's now middle ground. I like it. Congratulations and well done, Seattle. Who will join Geno Smith and Seattle in having that middle ground? Can it be the Giants next? Can they figure that out with Daniel Jones? You're hearing that there's significant problems. It's, it's, It's narrowed. He wants $2 million for every career win. <laughs> Think about that. We should send you into the negotiating room. <laughs> I, I, would you, I would laugh these guys out of the room. Well, that's why you're here on this show and not a general manager of a National Football League team. <laughs> uh, my phone is available. I will answer it. If You'll be a GM, and, I'll be, and I'll be on uh, the competition committee. With his quickness to and cut, Joe Banner, last long. Though. And Joe Banner is about to join us in studio. I wouldn't have many players left. Yeah, you wouldn't last long the way <laughs> I, you just cut them, cut them. The only way that Dion and I are. Uh, that's how Dion, I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, that's how Dion was. Yeah, but Chris isn't Dion. Right. So go into the locker room. Just leave. Take leave. Stuff. Hit the showers. Take your stuff. <laughs> There's a difference there. Maybe the Jets can find that deal with Jimmy Garoppolo if Rodgers can't be, if that can't. Look, Rich, be embrace it, out. bro. You're I will, trust me, I will embrace Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of can the Jets. Can I just York throw Jets. something at you real quick? Last three seasons, just look this up. Jets have six quarterbacks that have played the last three seasons. They've I get it. fifty-one to... total touchdowns, forty-eight blah, blah, blah. picks. I'm it. just throwing out. Just over the last three seasons, 111 touchdowns I'd be... and 21 picks. TJ, I I'm just throwing out there for the people. Don't absolutely happy with Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of the New York Jets. I just need to know how he will handle it. When he is asked in his opening press conference about accepting money of the Johnson & Johnson era, if this is the way he feels about a vaccine, and how that will go. After a game when he's now 1-2 and two, or 2-4, two and four, how will that go? Will that be good? Will he be able to just keep on keeping on? I'm, 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 I'm just shooting you, I'm, I'm shooting you absolutely straight. But if he winds up being the quarterback of the New York Jets, that is what we would call an upgrade. He will be the best quarterback the Jets have had since Namath. Ever had, right? ever. And you can make these cases. <laughs> so I'm ready for it, 100%, because I think it's going to happen.